It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Long Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Wish to share something with you. I've been doing this show for probably five or six years. I also have been doing every morning, seven days a week for 15 years, uh, a black show uh, where I just do it over the internet and type it in and I guess I have 60,000 subscribers who apparently read it every morning. And I also do this show in the evening and I really don't know what the numbers are for this show. I apologize. I never gave it any thought. But uh, what I'm trying to say and the point I wish to make is this has been the wildest week ever since I began this. You know, at the beginning, Five, six years ago with this show, for example, there wasn't as much material as there is today. Uh, Now i got too many topics, and it's all attributable to Donald Trump. I mean, this man, every day, creates five or six new things. They all hang on from anywhere from two days to two weeks. It was rarely going more than three days. Now we're looking at this Alabama thing. We're still going with it. Uh, And so it's busy. Man, is it busy, and it takes longer to put the shows together because there's so many topics, so many interesting issues. And, you know, I make an outline. I I put notes on everything that turns me on as I'm preparing for these shows, and then all of a sudden I got more and more material than I can ever use. Now i got to break it all back. Wild. And I just noticed today, today was, and yesterday preparing for this show, took the most time because there's a lot out there going on. So tonight, I'm going to take you to fewer places, but I have more to talk about. I'm going to go to Key West, Canada, Nova Scotia, Lose, England, L-E-W-E-S-A, community in England, Afghanistan, Alabama, China, Venezuela, and Colombia. We're going to open with hurricanes. Everything that's happening is important. Uh, So I'm going to open with the hurricanes. Uh, we've got the Bahamas to talk about. Uh, we've got what's happening uh, with regard to Afghanistan and the Taliban. I've opted to start with the hurricanes tonight. Tonight is a special, today is a special day. It's September 10th, 2019. It was two years ago today that Irma hit Key West. Two years ago today is the anniversary. And what I find interesting about it, very few people are talking about it in the the media. Uh, This was, you know, when it hit Key West, it was was supposed to be a five. For five days, it was going to hit Key West and be a five. It hit Key West right on. That thing never deviated. But it was only a one. But 16 miles later and a few minutes later, it cut your key. Go up US 116 miles, cut your key. It was a Category 4. And it continued to be a 4 almost to uh, Homestead. 
maybe 30, 40 miles short of Homestead. Uh, so it was something to talk about. I remember it. A lot of people have to remember it. It made an impact on me. Uh, it was scary. I won't deny it. Uh, and I escaped. I wrote a book about this. Those of you who bought and read it, Irma and me. I escaped, but in escaping the problems you have and the experiences, and when I was away, what happened? Then coming back, and I had to drive down US one, and I saw the devastation. And then I was back here. I was here for about two weeks before this town started looking normal again. It was dark, 24 hours a day. In my first two weeks back, dark, 24 hours a day. You couldn't see the sun. You didn't have power. Uh, the water would go off and on. Uh, everything was screwed up. Anyhow, so today's the anniversary of Irma. I'm sorry. I don't even think the Key West Citizen wrote it up this morning. I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. Uh, I haven't gone through the local newspapers for the week yet, so I can't uh, say yes or no to them. But this is the anniversary of uh, Irma. It has marked me for the rest of my life. Uh, There is something about this talk and reading about hurricanes ever since that bothers me. You get that flutter in your stomach. Uh, You have to go through one to understand what I'm saying. I've been here almost 30 years now, so I've stayed for a lot and I've gone home for a lot, home up to state New York in those days. Uh, But this was the worst. So God bless America. We're all here. We're not totally recovered from Irma, though. I want you to know this, too. I've been writing about this for over a year now. Trump has... And the Congress, the House are responsible for this, have not appropriated enough money to take care of these hurricanes. They haven't appropriated enough money to take care of the devastation caused by Irma. There are people in Big Pine where it hit as a four, okay, and flattened most of Big Pine as it resembles the Bahamas today that you watch on the Internet. The house is down. People are still living in tents. People still don't have running water, okay? They're washing and drinking out of bottles. Uh, They're cooking outside on little grills. They're sleeping in tents because the government has not come up with all the money they had to. They keep saying it's coming, it's coming. It don't come because we have another hurricane, and Trump is spreading the money all around. And at the same time, notice what he did. And one of the examples is two weeks ago. I forget how much money, $3.5 million, whatever it was, billion. He took money from the military that was in the budget. He took money from FEMA that was in the budget to take care of these disasters and sent it down to the southern border to build his wall. You can't do that. I mean, this money fought for for years. It's allocated for certain things in the budget. Leave it alone. People are still suffering in the panhandle uh, from Michael in the state of Florida here. There was a whole community, Michael, that was shot down by, uh, by Michael. It hasn't been reconstructed yet. Georgia, the lumber industry took a beating. They're still suffering up there and dying. Uh, you can't do this. And there's never enough money from the government because we're getting more of these things. We have climate, climate change. Be that as it may, that is the story of Irma. Now I'm going to go to the hurricane that we all know about because it just happened in the past couple of weeks. Well, I'm talking about Dorian. Dorian, i got to tell you something. Again, I've seen all these hurricanes come, go, and all this stuff. This is the strangest hurricane I have ever seen. 
uh, it came and it stayed. <laughs> and when it moved, it moved slow. Uh, and it went farther than I've ever seen one go. I mean, that thing, it demolished the Bahamas. It stayed over there for, what, two full days as a Category 5, those poor people? Uh, I went through Homestead in 52, in 92, 1992, three weeks after Andrew hit. Andrew was a 5. The highway going through was okay. To the left and to the right, there was nothing but everything was devastated. Everything was destroyed. Everything was ground level, whether it was brick, whether it was stone, whether it was wood. It was flattened, okay, a Category 5. And uh, this Dorian did the same thing to the Bahamas. Wild. It's horrible. Anyhow, Dorian comes through. We're told it's going to hit the Bahamas. It's probably going to be a 5, and it was. Then we thought maybe it was going to come to the Keys. We were in the end of the uh, balloon uh, to the left side. Then they said it was going to turn. And fortunately, it made the right turn while still in the ocean, about 50 to 100 miles off the coast, the Atlantic coast of the United States. Ran itself up into the, through the Carolinas, went on, on, the, on land there for a while, uh, then went up, I think, in Delaware, someplace back inland, uh, then went up to spots in Canada, then went, oh, had a landfall in Nova Scotia. I'm laughing. This is laughable. And the other thing about, I've never seen one go that far north. That's what I'm trying to say. Do so much damage along the way. Because even when it was out in the ocean, 50 or 100 miles away from land, the wind and the surf did tremendous damage. You saw it on the Internet. Uh, this thing's horrible. It was horrible. So that's the story. Now we've got to take care of these people. Everybody, the whole earth, people, all the nations got to give a helping hand to the Bahamas. That's the way we're supposed to be. Neighbors are supposed to help each other. We are neighbors to the United States to the Bahamas. We're fortunate we did not get crucified again. We did not get devastated. Uh, but they did. Look how horrible it is. 4,000 people have come over by boat so far. And more trying to get here. It's, it's just a, a terrible thing. So let me talk about how the people who are trying to get out of there are going to get here. Uh, there are ferry boats that go back and forth. You know, the Bahamas are only 50 miles from Miami. They're next door. Here in Key West, we, we, everybody says, well, you're close to Cuba. We are. But we're 90 miles from Cuba. But we're only 50 miles from the Bahamas. So there are ferry boats that could take these people across. Well, you know, we've got documentation and things that are required to get into this country now because Trump is protecting us from bandits, gangs, uh, people with disease, drugs. He's protecting us. He's protecting us. Just the same tune he carries with those coming over the border of Mexico, he's now attributing the people in the Bahamas. So anyhow, there was yesterday, there was a ferry boat, big ferry boat. I saw pictures of it on the internet, big ferry boat. I don't know how many people were on it, but they were told before they got on it that they had to have a passport and a clear police record. You get a certificate from the police department, you don't have any, you're not convicted of any crimes. And with those papers, they'd be admitted to the United States with no trouble. Well, I say they should be admitted to the United States with no papers. It's a disaster area, the Bahamas. They've got nothing. They're like Puerto Rico. They have nothing right now. So they should just be taken in. These are our neighbors, our neighbors. Anyhow, 
So 130 people didn't have visas because when they get on the boat, they're on the boat, they're going to leave. All of a sudden, the public address system says, oh, by the way, we've just been told you had to have visas too. So now they've got to go get visas. You don't get a visa overnight, okay? Uh, I understand yesterday alone 400 people applied for visas. Now they've got to be produced. Things have to be done. There's paperwork behind them. And Trump said, we're going to do everything. He's making sure, he said, that everyone that comes into this country is going to be properly vetted. This man is going to protect us from the gangs and the people who are bad and the disease and everything else that's possible to come out of the Bahamas into the United States. Isn't he a wonderful man? Uh, Which brings me to a final point here. And some of you may think I'm terrible. I think many will agree with me, though. Puerto Rico, I believe, was not paid attention to by Donald Trump because the people in Puerto Rico are primarily people of color. He is, he doesn't like blacks. He doesn't like tans. Trump doesn't like people of color. The Bahamas, they're mostly not white over there. They're people of color. And this is going to become a problem in the next month or two. You're going to find this start coming into play. These are people of color. So I think he is going to ignore them in the final analysis, as he did Puerto Rico. The other thing is this, and I don't quite understand it. They've got two sets of rules, and I think the rules are United States rules, not the Bahamian rules, for traveling to the United States as to the paperwork required. If you come in by boat, you need a passport, you need the certificate saying you have a clean criminal record, and you need a visa. If you come in, by airplane, you need the passport. <laughs> now, you tell me why you need less to come over on a plane. I don't know. But <laughs> these people don't have money, a lot of them, for the, the airport, for the airplane. I don't know what's going on. It's a screwy mess, and Donald Trump is going to screw up the Bahamas as he did Puerto Rico. Uh, also, Every time there is a hurricane, every time there is a massive wildfire like they have in California, any kind of disaster, especially natural disasters, we see Donald sitting in his office in the White House, sitting back in that big leather comfortable chair he has. Generally, he has the head of FEMA, whoever it is at the time, sitting next to them. And he would say, as he said here, these are our neighbors. We're going to take care of them. We're there for them. He said that for the people of Puerto Rico. He said that for the people of Florida following Irma. He said that for the, oh, my God, M- Maria, Michael. These All these hurricanes in the last two years. He was going to be there. The United States was going to be there. Bullshit. Everyone that I mentioned is still waiting for completed work. And not just a something here or there. Major jobs still have to be done because the money is not flowing from Washington as it is supposed to. Now, uh, the Washington Post, following Dorian uh, hitting uh, the Bahamas, interviewed the president. And they asked questions about him helping the people of the Bahamas. And he said, and I quote, and this is written in the September 4th edition of the Washington Post, quote, the federal government must not forget about our neighbors just 50 miles from Miami. 
the federal government must not forget about our neighbors just 50 miles from Miami. He's going to forget. He won't do the job he's supposed to do. Which now brings me to two groups that are doing something. Money's key up front in these things. Uh, For some reason, the cash moves faster than anything else. Uh, It buys the water someplace closer and so forth. Big Pine, I mentioned it earlier, was hit bad by uh, by, uh, Irma, uh, a Category 4. And they're still not, they haven't come back yet the way they should. Seven little girls, ages 5 to 10, this past weekend sold lemonade. They sold lemonade for two days to raise money to send to the people of the Bahamas. Now, why were they doing this for the people of the Bahamas? Because these seven suffered under Hurricane Irma. Five of the seven children involved, five of the seven children involved, lost their homes during Irma. And these are kids, five to ten. Uh, and their money's already on its way, or it's there already. They raised over $650. The Sunrise Rotary in Key West, Sunrise Rotary in Key West, wrote a check Monday for $25,000, and that's already over there in the Bahamas. And we're doing our share to help. They help, by the way, when we were in trouble over here with Irma. People help each other down here. I don't think people in big cities help each other, especially Washington. Now, let's keep going with the hurricanes. I'm meeting up a lot of time tonight. I didn't intend to, but this is all, this has to be laid out. This is important to share. Let me talk about two more hurricanes, because now we're concerned what's coming next. Well, there's one called Gabriel. This is another strange hurricane, Gabriel. Yesterday, or the day before, Gabriel was halfway here from Africa. The, the meteorologists were not; it hasn't had informed it. They weren't sure what it was going to be and where it was going to go. But it, they, it would, they thought perhaps it'd be South Florida is where it's going to hit. They always start off with South Florida. Anyhow, Gabriel picked up steam all of a sudden. Gabriel became—you're going to love this one became a Category 2 or 3, I don't know. But as it approached South Florida, the Bahamas, the Puerto Rico area, as it approached these things, it's still way out in the ocean, it turned right. Well, a lot of these hurricanes do, they either go straight or they turn right. It turned right. And it just didn't turn right and run up the coast of the United States. It didn't even come close to the coast of the United States. When it turned right, it was still hundreds of miles out into the Atlantic. Not only did it turn right, when it got up there a couple of thousand miles, it turned right again. And it's going to hit land. It's going to hit landfall on Saturday. And do you know where it's going to hit landfall? I've never heard of this before. Ireland and the United Kingdom. I'm, I'm smiling and sort of laughing. That thing, it, it made a U sitting on its side, and it's going to end up in Ireland and the United Kingdom. Absolute, 30 years I've never seen it. Absolutely amazing. Which brings us now to Humberto. I love the names they put on these things. I'm assuming Humberto is Spanish, but uh, I had an uncle, Humberto, born in Italy. He was a barber. In fact, I had four uncles who came over here. They all became barbers. Uh, he became a barber or a fighter. And I, I had my uncle Humberto. We called him Gus. So that's probably got Italian derivation also. 
um, but I'm sure it was Spanish. Anyhow, Humberto's out there behind Gabriel. Uh, Humberto's about halfway here. Still hasn't formed, which means the wind's all over the place. It isn't even a tropical storm. We're not sure what's going to happen. It takes time. It has to reach the hot waters of the Gulf and things like that, which give more intensity to the wind and everything else. So that's the story on the hurricanes. Now I want to talk about political correctness. I'm changing subject material completely. Political correctness. I'm taking you to lose England. Not my Lou, but L-E-W-E-S. Lose England. This This is an example, what I'm going to share with you, of political correctness gone too far, not just a step too far, too far. It's a school, boys and girls. They wear uniforms. The school board of counselors or the school administration are concerned about gender neutrality because, you know, we've got that third gender out there now, our fourth gender, too. Boys who think they're girls, girls who think they're boys who want to dress another way. I Physical problems involved, I don't know. It's, it gets all very confusing. I'm not mocking it. I'm saying it's out there and has to be confronted. So they passed a rule. They says, henceforth, only pants can be worn. The boys will wear pants. The girls will wear pants. The girls can no longer wear skirts. Well, this didn't go over well with the girls at the school. And 130 of them showed up in their skirts when they were supposed to be wearing pants. And the administration would not let them in. In fact, they had this huge metal gate. They locked it, and they brought the police in to keep the girls from trying to climb over or anything else. Now, the parents are very irritated about this also. A girl's a girl. She wants to wear a skirt. Let her wear a skirt. Uh... And so this thing's out of hand over there. I don't know where it's going. Uh, so the girls are saying, you know, basically, you want gender neutrality? Let the boys wear skirts. Why do we have to wear the pants? I love this. <laughs> Let the boys wear the skirt. Makes sense. You can't argue with it. Uh, one mother said, well, let's make the rule that they can wear the skirt or the pants, whatever they want. Then we leave it up to them. If a boy or two shows up at the school in a skirt, that's the way it is. You want to make it correct, make everybody comfortable, we'll make everyone comfortable. Uh, and that's what's happening over there. And, you know, it's it just, I, I, I'm laughing, and I think this whole thing is stupid, but it isn't stupid. And, and you know what it boils down to? The, the, the administration is after these girls now. They're, they're, they're beating up on them, in effect, because they don't want to wear pants. They want to wear skirts. Why? Because shock. Horror. Consider this. What do these girls want? They want to continue wearing skirts. And for this, they're keeping being kept out of school. Which now brings me to the Taliban, Afghanistan, this meeting that never took place at Camp David over the weekend. Uh, number one, Trump screwed this whole thing up from day one. He called the meeting about a week before in secret. Nobody was going to know. He's got the Taliban who don't talk to the people of Afghanistan and vice versa coming over to the president, rather. The president doesn't know about the meeting to the last minute. He doesn't know that the Taliban and Trump have been talking about trying to make peace. Uh, and this is a secret meeting because Trump's going to get them all together. He thinks when he talks to people, he can make them make peace. Where has he done it yet? He's been president now, what, three years? He did a great job with North Korea, didn't he? Uh, he's, making a great, he's doing a great job with everyone. He doesn't accomplish anything, especially when he wants this big deal 
peace meeting because had he brought everyone together, this would have been the highlight of his presidential career so far. But it's screwed up because the Taliban didn't trust Trump. And so last Monday, they killed 12 people over there in Afghanistan, a suicide bomber, one, an American soldier, because they wanted the United States and the president of Afghanistan to understand they meant business. So we all know the story. Here's what I'm going to share with you. The women, the women of Afghanistan, you have to understand the Taliban are Muslims. They are extreme Islamics extreme Islamics. The women have had a good deal since 2001 when the Afghan war started and the United States went in and started beating up the Taliban, okay? Because prior to that, they had to stay in the house all day. They couldn't go out into public. They couldn't wear any kind of modern dress. They had to wear the Baroque. Uh, What else did they have to do? They couldn't go to school. They couldn't work. (laughs) They're kept in the house 24 hours a day. (laughs) Well, since 2001, in the cities of Afghanistan, liberalization has taken place. Modernization has taken place. They wear dresses. They wear shorts. They go to work. They go to school. Look at all these wonderful things they do. The women elsewhere all over the world do. But that's because the Islamic influence, the tough part of it, that the Taliban loves, pushes, and is motivated by, is gone. They fear it's going to come back. And they don't think Trump had taken care of this properly because as it comes out now, uh, what are we going to do with the ladies? Was in the Trump negotiation with the Taliban previous to this meeting that never took place. And the only thing the Taliban would commit to, that they would treat the women, okay, in the context and with the context of, and I quote, Islamic values. Islamic values they would be treated with. They wouldn't go any further and say you can go stay in school, you can still work, you don't have to stay in the house 24 hours a day, and so forth. Now, not good for a lady. You have to remember, in this century, they're still, they were still stoning, all right? They were still stoning women to death before the United States came into Afghanistan in the war in 2001, they were stoning women to death, all right? And as I told you, they barred them from school. They, 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 they were, could not go to public places. Uh, this is horrible. So the women were not resolved, and I'm sure Trump was going to let them go without having the proper coverages, and they were going to end up going back to thousands of years ago, hundreds of thousands of years ago, and lived like the Muslims lived, well, since about 600 or 700 A.D., not thousands of years ago. The other thing involved here is the president of Afghanistan never knew about this meeting, uh, and he is being called by the Taliban the stooge of the United States. He probably is. They are also saying about the United States, see, they talked about this meeting for a whole week, the, the Taliban over there, and they told their people, we beat the U.S. It took us 18 years, but we beat them, all right? Uh, and they refer to them as we defeated, quote-unquote, defeated. We defeated the, quote-unquote, invaders after 18 years of war, right? And they're saying to their people, America is going to leave our country in shame, quote unquote, in shame. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know what else I can tell you. 
it was. I'm glad it broke. I'm glad we didn't have the meeting. I'm glad we didn't make peace. We probably wouldn't have. But if we did, it had to be a crappy peace, <clears throat> and would have come back to haunt us within a matter of months. All right, where are we now? Time's running out on me, Lewis. Ivanka, Alabama. Now, you know the story about Alabama, Trump, and the map, the picture of the hurricane, uh, Dorian, how it was going to hit Alabama. It wasn't going to hit Alabama. People lying, not lying, government people being told to lie. Some lie, some don't. Trump won't say I made a mistake because this thing was never heading for Alabama. Anyhow, all of a sudden today, who's in Alabama? Ivanka Trump. It was announced yesterday that Ivanka was going to Alabama today. Had nothing, <coughs> excuse me, had nothing to do with the hurricane. She was going to Alabama for something to do with women's clothing, and she was in some community in Alabama today. And I, I, I excuse me for laughing, but people comment to to my blog show in the morning, and one of them this morning said, and I quote. Uh, well, I can't even read my writing here. Will uh, will she be surveying the hurricane damage there? Quote unquote. Will she be surveying the hurricane damage there? I, I think that's funny. Well, that's the show for tonight. Uh, I got nowhere near finishing. Uh, I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. I get turned on by some of the items I'm talking about, and I spend a little too much time on them. I thank you for joining me tonight. Read my blog in the morning. If you like this, read my blog. Uh, you'll enjoy the blog. You can read it in about two or three minutes. It's the same type show, except it's in writing. Uh, and you find that at keywestlu.com, keywestlu.com. Uh, I, I want to thank you for joining me again tonight. Uh, this is Louis Patron signing off. You have a good evening, and I thank you again for joining me. Good night. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.